Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Tom. Hi, guys. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Tom here with my good friend, Shay. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 1, Episode 25 of the Scare Your Pants Off, our American Road Trip podcast. On today's episode, we are setting up camp in Oklahoma. So how you doing today, Shay? I'm doing really good, and I'm I'm very impressed that you have dealt with my insanity for 25 episodes now. Well, same as you. You know, you put up with me for 25 episodes, so pretty impressive. Um, yeah, crazy. Next week, our finale, and we'll talk more about it at the end and stuff. But um, so guys, just so you know, we kind of we decide to break up, and I know we told you in other episodes we're breaking up the season one. The original was, um. We're going to do all 50 states plus a couple bonus episodes for the whole season, but that's an extremely long first season and a lot of research and a lot of time. And and, uh, so we decided to break the season. So we are doing uh, next week will be the final uh, episode of season one where we're doing a top 10 of cryptids that we did not um, discuss. So ones that we passed up in in exchange for another for whatever reasons we're picking you know 10 because there was a lot that let that were on the the cutting room floor got left on the cutting room floor for time whatever it was or the format of the show um but just so you know we will be doing the other 25 states at a later time and uh we're gonna we're gonna pivot for a season two uh, we're still working out the kings, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Deal with horror movies and stuff like that. <clears throat> season, uh, you know, some episodes of that, a season of that, and then we'll come back on the back end of that, and we'll do the next twenty five plus maybe a bonus episode or two. Well, so don't worry, we will get through all fifty states. It's just we we've changed it. So, um, yeah. So what's going on? What's new? <clears throat> You know what? Not not a whole ton. I hurt my ankle. Uh, I hurt my ankle like two weeks ago, and I feel like I can uh, still feel it a little bit. But uh, I I feel like I can get back to normal ish and and uh, do some of my. Uh, I, I there's a boxing game on Oculus that I really like. It's uh, I've been missing it, but I've been looking forward to that. I know you've been playing it. So um, other than that, other than being laid up and constantly injured from making healthy decisions. Hey. Um, <laughs> Uh, nothing much really. What's been going on with you? Just busy, you know, busy week. And I, I feel like I'm always busy with work. I just, you know, we're getting into the busy time through the summer at work because there's a lot of people on vacation. So people are out, blah, blah, blah. Um, so not a whole heck of a lot, you know, just, I, I feel like I always work and then try to have a little fun on the weekends if I can. Um, weather's getting nice. That's uh, now getting back out <laughs> or walk in whatever just enjoying the days now that the weather because it's just 
winters in New England, guys, are not fun. Uh, mm -hmm. They get, you know, especially you got February, I, you know, because it's like, you know, my my seasonal depression picks up in the winter and that February just, even though it's a short month, you're kind of in like the, the doldrums of winter and it just, it feels like it's never going to end sometimes. It's super cold and stuff. So now we're getting into it. Mood gets better into spring. Mood's better. I can't wait to, to get out there and just enjoy enjoy the weather. Same. Cookouts, walk, all that good stuff. So, yeah. You, uh, you, have you watched anything good recently? So, I heard about a movie that was going to be campy. I went into it knowing it was campy, so it was supposed to be... Uh, very deliberately bad, um, and I did try it, and I, and I and I went into it with the most optimism you can go into for a campy movie, and I love campy movies, but um, I started to watch Velocipaster. <laughs> it's what it sounds like. Um, so, and it just it it's it might grab some people, but I'll be honest, it just didn't grab me, and I and I needed it too, and I probably watched more of it than I really wanted to. Um, but it was, uh, basically it's, it's a pastor who in, instead of like turning into a werewolf, like the, the whole, uh, lycanthropy thing, uh, he, he turns into a dinosaur and That's amazing. yeah, which would be amazing. Exactly. Um, but it, it felt, it felt so short for me and I wish it didn't. And I, I almost feel like I might give it another try because maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind and that does happen but um yeah I I was so disappointed in myself honestly because I I just it wasn't it wasn't grabbing me but uh, that's you know because like you said a campy movie like move in when they embrace the camp they know that they're campy it, they're, sometimes there's nothing better you know like I yeah. love a good horror campy example killer clowns from outer space Oh my love, god! Yeah, love that film because you know I don't know if it was the intention going in or if they realized after they started filming that hey this is campy and kind of, and they embraced it or Chucky even you know it went from straight horror yeah now it's that campy horror you know they lean it it's still horror but they leaned into the camp with the seed of chucky the bride of chucky the you know the cult of chucky was um, it attack of the killer tomatoes was that a movie am i remembering that right yes you are and also it, amazing yes <laughs> it was amazing and god it was like yeah, that was such a good, that was such a good one. I have to rewatch that at some point. Yeah, I remember I was stuck in the title. I remember the movie, but I was stuck in the title. But yeah, it was, but it was so campy good. That's exact. That's what you need. And and, but I don't feel like the acting in this movie when it was even campy it was just bad. Yeah, so that stinks when they don't realize that they should embrace the camp and they try to make it more just like a straight heart and like oh no 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 now it's just cheesy and just bad and uh that's too bad because that sounds amazing Velocipaster, that is yeah. something that's right up my alley <laughs> do you watch anything good um i'm trying to think not not too much like uh, during the week i don't watch as much just because of my work nights and hours um and uh so no real movies recently. I mean, the last one I talked about last week's episode, uh, the Sleepaway Camp, which is a great one. But um, 
more just trying to catch up on my shows um as far as you know because like i usually just watch everything on the weekends um yeah nothing nothing that stands out oh the um the the seasons of the dropout which i had told you about which is about um elizabeth uh holmes and theranos based on a podcast that season ended great show finished that and mm-hmm. the thing about pam you know, that one with renee zilwiger that finished up that was such a i love that again based on a podcast and then um but what i'm currently really liking is the girl from plainville uh yeah yep no, Plain Bill's not far from here. Nope. Ellie Fanning is just, she's remarkable in it. She's so, yeah. she's just so good. But yeah, no good, no new movies, so nothing really. Probably later this weekend. Yeah, watch, watch a good horror flick or something. So, well, I think today you have a cryptid for it. Time for the cryptid. I do. So uh, Oklahoma has, I mean, obviously it has the Bigfoot, which I didn't pick. Eventually we have to talk about the Bigfoot though. That just has to, because he's everywhere. But uh, they also have a giant catfish and they even have Thunderbirds. Like freaking Oklahoma, who knew? Yeah, it's really kind of fun. Um, But today I'm going to talk about the Oklahoma octopus. Octopus? Yep. Awesome. So it inhabits uh, a couple lakes in Oklahoma. It, it inhabits Lake Thunderbird. We have a friggin' Lake Thunderbird. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Um, Lake Tenkiller and Lake uh, Uloga. I'm not sure. O O L O G A J Uloga. Sounds like a Luga to me. All right. Um, it's said to attack and kill swimmers. And the description is basically that it's an octopus. It's it's a pitter an octopus and just very, very big. Uh, and that is what is inhabiting these lakes. There's also not a lot of physical evidence. There are, however, very evident signs of its existence. And there have been numerous sightings. The Oklahoma octopus is the only known creature of a cephalopod species to be able to dwell in fresh water. Uh, it's believed that and it's also believed that with its giant tentacles, that it can create a current and it actually draws its prey to it with this current. So this thing is colossal. Wow. It's just sucking these things in to eat it. That's cool. Yeah. Um, there are numerous unexplained drownings in all of these lakes. Uh, and there are a lot of times of anywhere from average to really avid swimmers. So there are people that really you wouldn't expect to drown. Um, some are assumed to be due to intoxication, um, but that's really not always the case. Actually, a lot of times it's not thought possible to be the case because they're not people that would partake in such things. Mm-hmm. Um, now, no suction marks would be found on any of the drowned victims, but in some cases there are like unexplained lacerations and some bruising that really doesn't make sense for where they're drowning. Um, so what's really cool about an octopus being in a lake a freshwater environment is that the change it would take to go from being a saltwater 
fish or a creature to a freshwater creature is actually a huge physiological change. It's it's almost a complete inner, you know, reworking of the inner the inner mechanism of the creature. And it's do you know anything about the differences? I know obviously one lives in salt, one lives in fresh, but do you know anything about the real core differences? Not really, no. I'll briefly touch on it because I honestly I feel like it makes the Oklahoma octopus that much more amazing, more really cool. And it's um so a a, a saltwater creature has lives in a more hypertonic environment, so it actually can excrete salt. So if it has too much salt in itself or uh, more salt than it should, it can actually excrete the salt back out into the water. Now, a freshwater creature would have the exact opposite, would have a deficit of salt, but it, their bodies still need some form of salt. So it actually almost can, it actually can concentrate the salt that it does take in to be the amount it would need to be for its body. Okay. Now, a fish that can survive in brackish water can do both, but in a lesser capacity. So to go from a saltwater environment to a freshwater environment you literally have to completely change the core of an animal and it's not something that just happens naturally like over evolution or something it's 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 not how that creature is made so between the sightings and the 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 proofs that they do have that this creature exists really is made that much more amazing by the fact that it would quite literally have to be changed totally inside so, um, and a question on that, and if it's too much in the weeds or whatever, you know, it would you just let me know. So, for a change like that to happen, because you said it just doesn't happen, would and even through like evolution. So, a creature like that would that be like over generations? It's slowly changing to the point it's fully freshwater. So maybe it's salt water and then it's kind of almost brackish and then it's completely fresh is something like that or is it just in this creature somehow it completely changed its physiology um in that one that one specific creature and if that's too much in the weeds just let me know no that's honestly that's that's a great question it really is so it, and i actually had a similar thought so um I, I went and I and I did a little more research to try to find um, where there could be a brackish environment for like I'm looking at maps and I'm trying to really like understand it. There's not a lot of brackish environment in Oklahoma for this creature to have, have, have started acclimating to. And it's I mean if you if you look at it, they're not touching they don't touch the ocean. They're not they're just kind of like in the middle of mm. of land and it's for it to have acclimated i can't i can't foresee any way that it would have been able to go from full-on salt water to live in a brackish environment to become a fresh water and it's uh, maybe over time like over history because it's actually thought that the size and everything of it makes it almost like a living fossil so possibly over like time and the way the earth has changed and everything like that, it's possible that it has had um, the chance to be in that environment. But in, in you know, going back at least in 
last couple centuries, I can't foresee a way that yeah. it would have been able to do that. But it's, I mean, it's, and again, anybody who does have a better theory than that or anything, please email us, let us know, because I'm, I'm super intrigued by this whole thing. Yeah, that's very, I find that fascinating. Very cool. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's all I have for the Oklahoma octopus. But uh, so I love it because uh, as a as a child, I was obsessed with octopus. I remember like seeing a giant one in a movie or something where, and I don't know if it was like Poseidon or some movie where it just like you know it's a giant octopus and pulled a whole boat under. Yeah. Always been fascinated by them just because they're such a unique with the eight legs and then knowing what we kind of know about octopus and squid uh, that they're you know like in the united kingdom they're sentient beings now that that's it's a they're officially squid giant squid all that are considered yeah. sentient because they can feel emotions feel pain um stuff like that can reason figure out puzzles and stuff and like nothing super advanced but they can do basic puzzle puzzles and have have a memory so they're just fascinating creatures to me um ever since i was a child and just i love it like the idea of one being in in these lakes and rivers and stuff it's just it's so cool like i never heard of heard of uh because I, I actually dated a girl from Oklahoma, so I've been there a couple different times and different parts of it and stuff. Um, so to think about knowing what I know about Oklahoma, because I'm not at like, it, not not a super happening place <laughs> or anything like that. That's uh, yeah, what a good choice. Good, yeah. good, good pick. Thank Love. you, thank you. Time for the hunt. Well, this week I had the haunting and in Oklahoma, I mean, there's a lot, of, there's a lot of haunts. Some, uh, a lot of them don't have a lot of like meat to the bone sort of, uh, you know, it's, you know, your standard, somebody died. Now they haunt the place, you know, you know, but there's, a, there's a lot with cemeteries, theaters, stuff like that. But I chose one that interests me because some of the stories slash rumor about, about these haunts. I found very, very interesting. Um, have you heard of the Masonic Boys Home in Guthrie, Oklahoma? No. I I love that kind of haunting though, because it's always it's always so eerie. Yes. Yeah. And I know we've talked about it before. Children just amp up the creep factor. They do. In haunts. They, they do. And it's partly you know kids are creepy but it's also that they get taken way before their time yes i call chris creepy i mean you're not wrong you're really not and it's 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 very true in so many ways but yeah it's it it does add a it adds almost like a sadness and a chill to any haunt that has kids in it yeah yeah and so so the Masonic boys home uh or originally known as the dominion house is in guthrie oklahoma it was built in 1923 for the children of Masons. Uh, in the early 1920s, many Masonic families were uh, becoming destitute or broken, where the father would have to leave to go find work, getting into the, you know, the Great Depression and the later, you know, times and stuff. So, um, and there was no foster system or welfare system at the time. Again, this is 1923. 
So it's early on. Um, so the Masons in Guthrie stepped up and built a glorious children's home as a place of refuge for these kids of, uh, of other Masons. And what I really like about this place, it was, um, it was kind of like the first of its kind and different because it was, like I said, it, it was a glory. They, they described it as glorious and they, um, they they supplied like every amenity it was like clean modern clothes for the time it wasn't just oh just hand-me-downs it was like nice clothing uh quality foods uh clean linens uh, you know fresh blankets toys all that good stuff and which was abnormal for the time like we know up in, in through the 50s and 60s kids were kind of like almost like little second-class citizens. They were put to work in factories and warehouses and and treated like mini-adults, kept beat and all that stuff. And uh, so for 1923, this is really progressive that they're trying to make a place of, uh, you know, of joy for these kids. So I, I, I really love that aspect of it. Um, so throughout the years, the uh, the population of the children fluctuated. At its highest, there were a few hundred children running the halls. Uh, at its lowest point, which was in 1944, so right around the time of World War II as well, um, there was only uh, the population was only about 30. Um, and with with that population decline, uh, they eventually would decide to allow non Masonic children uh to to live there in 1958 and but even with the non-masonic children the population never really got back to its highest point it would you know harbor under a hundred and it would stay open for about another 20 years and then in 1978 it would event it would finally close uh, in part with the declining population and also the advent of the foster care system as we know it now, where instead of putting these kids in a quote-unquote orphanage or whatever, it's uh, we're going to place them in uh, small family units. Yeah. So it shuttered its doors in 78. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about the haunts. And I, I mean, as with any place like this, with the history it does, you would expect there to be, you know, some paranormal activity, a lot of energy, a lot of people have been through those halls. But uh, so one of the, the more sad and kind of horrific stories is, and this may all be rumor and conjecture, but it is, it, it, I, I did find this on numerous different um, sites and everything, is that there was an evil... There was an evil headmistress, and she would uh, fly into these fits of rage and beat and berate and abuse children. In one of her really bad fits of rage, she would actually kill a six-year-old boy. Um, yeah, and she would beat uh, women as well, but supposedly 
more of her anger was geared towards the boys for for whatever reason. Um, so she killed, supposedly killed a six-year-old boy, and then in the ensuing years, she would supposedly kill up to four more boys. So bringing her her, her total to to five, and that's on top of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kids that she abused either verbally or physically throughout those years and um supposedly you can still hear these children's screams and cries and cries for help and stuff uh throughout there as she's beating and eventually killing some of them and then uh, there's another story claims that a, a deranged priest would live and work there and he would sexually and physically abuse the children. And if they fought back or and or told anyone, he would kill them and bury them on under the building. And in doing so, it was on, he did this on purpose because he wanted to entrap their souls on the property for all time. So, yeah another another bad one again you can suppose here you know cries for help kids screaming oh yeah just those things you don't want to hear and then one last sort of really sad story is that they had nurses on staff and stuff that worked there and lived there and this one nurse uh became so upset and disgusted by all the abuse that was happening by the priest and the and the head mistress and one night she finally snapped she couldn't take it and she went up to the bell tower and hung herself threw herself off the bell tower and hung herself <clears throat> and uh supposedly at midnight because that's around the time that she had done this if you go to the bell tower you can see a shadow against the wall or whatever and and or an apparition of the nurse and and then you hear a rope creak um like the rope that she's going to hang herself with you can hear it creaking then you hear a thud and a sort of swaying sound that's so, such a that's such a specific sound too like it, you can like when you're talking about it, i can hear it like i'm hearing the sound Yes, exactly. That's right away when I was reading it and doing the reason. I said, "Yeah, yeah, I could, I could physically, I could hear it, I could picture it, and you know, you hear her scream, and uh, yeah." But you know, those are pretty, you know, sad, horrific stories. On a lighter, happier note, to end it here, for the most part, you know, those there was those stories, and they can't be a hundred percent confirmed or denied on either way. But for the most part, outside of those stories, this place was a really happy place for a lot of children. Like I said, and when it first opened, it was, you know, clean clothes, fresh foods, all of that. So on a lighter note, you can supposedly hear at different points in the day, kids laughing, playing, having a good time, giggles, all that good stuff. So um, that is the masonic boys home of guthrie oklahoma so great job first um that was that's awesome but i i have to i have to hope 
in the hope of all hopes, I have to hope that's that some of that is just rumor. And if it's not, I don't, I can't wrap my head around how, how after the first child would, would be killed, was, was she allowed to continue without being very heavily investigated, especially because this place sounds like it was just a really nice place and it was a wholesome place. And it was, you know, aside, obviously aside from the, the, uh, the headmistress and the, and the priest and it's, it sounds like it was such a wholesome place and like i have to hope in my heart that it's a rumor because i can't fathom how do, how do five children yeah. die and she was still working after the first one without someone being like i'm watching your every single little move and then hundreds abused and yeah it's uh i have to ask do you know is the building still there yes yeah. Yes, it is. It is still there. Apparently, at some point, I believe in the 80s or 90s, they were looking to renovate it into, uh, like, condos or small apartments or something. But for whatever reason, it fell through. And um, it may it may have, like, a, a, hist a historical designation now on it where it can't be destroyed. Um, just because of the positive history I was talking yeah. about being one of the first of its kind. I think it does, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But the building is definitely still there. So That was honestly a great choice. That was really, really, yeah, it was very eerie, very, yeah, I loved it. It was really good. Yeah, you don't want those stories to be true, um, but they definitely made for an interesting read. It does. But yeah, you never want to like, hear about and I'm, using children unfortunately that does happen though that is, that is a thing that happens i mean it, it, it's very possible that it's true and it's just it's just so it's hard to think about it you know yeah it's i never got that like this you know when like you're you hear about now because the way our foster system is where these people you know they take in children and then they just treat them so poorly and stuff it's like yeah. why are you taking and, and like well obviously they're not well these people but yeah. It's like, that's just so fucking crazy to me and weird and like why you would want to hurt a child in any which way well so, on top of it these kids aren't in the best place in their life either they are that's a low that's a low for a grown adult that's and these kids are at a a low some of us will never understand and they're and they're doing these things to them yeah, it's it's. I, whenever I read those stories, it's horrific. I read one just real quick about um about these kids. They were finally got out of their bio, their bio home because it was like they were the father was raping the girls, the mother was beating them, all this stuff. They finally got out after years, and the family that took them in immediately started doing the same stuff to these kids and finally they were able to get, get out of that one too but it's just like i think one it was but it wasn't until after like the one of the 12 year olds became pregnant by the fa uh, the the new foster father figure there and just yeah just sad sad Even. but on a better note do you have a strange encounter this week i do time for the strange so yeah, so let's go, let's move on to a happier topic. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I had the strange encounter and really kind of a fun fact about Oklahoma, which I never would have suspected. And it's, it's funny. I, I hear Oklahoma and I don't know why I'm so shocked at these amazing things that are here, but I, but I am, cause apparently I'm ignorant and now I need to go to Oklahoma and become unignorant about the whole thing. I'm so excited. Um, did you know that Oklahoma has had more, more more i'm so excited about this than a hundred uh ufo sightings that were spotted by military pilots really really yes i i kid you not that's blew my friggin mind because that means because usually it's them doing it supposedly yeah so they're usually the cover-up of yeah. it that so that's amazing that brings up a whole another level of validity and credibility to the to these stories oh that's i never heard that that's all that's amazing yeah so it's uh I, the one i picked is not very long but the the span is just so impressive and it's and if if you ever get a chance any anybody listening or you tom or whoever you ever get a chance look at some of the sightings in oklahoma they're 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 all so interesting and um all right i'm gonna i digress here i go <laughs> on uh on july 31st of 1965 at 105 a.m in winwood oklahoma um officer lewis sykes spotted a bright object in the sky so he said the object had a center that was blue or green or bluish green or greenish blue in the middle and that the section around the middle which would be the midsection as far as he said uh, had lights that seemed to rotate around hmm. the center uh, he said that the object quickly rose into the sky very very high and then it hovered just for a couple moments and then all of a sudden it just lost some altitude and took off north so that was his sighting but it's it's really it was just a stepping stone for everything else that's about the that i'm going to tell you so the sighting was confirmed actually by the air force base who got an unidentified blip on their radar at the same exact time oh wow yep it was also confirmed um with sightings from the sheriff's department and it was said to be about eight thousand feet high that is amazing yeah. um it would also, you know, fast forward a little bit, a little while later, it would actually be discovered that in Fort, Fort Worth, Texas, they had a blip as well that matched what would have been the same sighting. Wow. Yep. So further investigation, they found that it wasn't just Texas, it wasn't just Oklahoma, but multiple places multiple states multiple military bases police departments military personnel uh civilians of all kinds have spotted this exact thing what was amazing and like i said this is a short sighting but it's it's so big all of the descriptions were nearly exactly the same to the lights rotating around the center and everything so it's it's um that, that's all i have on it but it's it blew my mind that it was it it was yes. spotted by so many people and it was the same exact thing 
that's amazing. That's amazing because, like we touched on, first of all, usually the cover-up involves a military persons and person, you know, multiple and the crafts, you know, it's mm-hmm. some sort of experimental craft, new craft, blah, blah, blah. But no, this is coming from some, but you know, these officers, militaries, and then it's, it's popping up on different radar like mm-hmm. that, where they're confirming it. And from, uh, from places that are, are, are kind of far apart too, you know, and yeah, but it's still picking it up. Uh, I like when you were talking about it, you know, how it rose up in the air and hovers, as we know, like, like to our knowledge, we don't have that sort of propulsion. No. We don't, um, you know, we, we, we have stuff that can kind of mimic it, but if you're really paying attention to it, it's not the same at all. That type of propulsion, it's, it's more just like a mimic of it. And then to hover, we don't have stuff that just really hovers. Now stuff can glide and, but not not just go up, stop, and just stay in that, in that one spot for any, any, uh, you know, significant amount of hour and a time. And yeah, no, I mean, it's just the sheer fact that all these people over these distances, you know, seeing it, it just adds this super amount of credibility and validity to it. It's, um, yeah, that was a great choice. That's, uh, I love it. I love it when there's, cause you know, we get a lot that are whatever, you know, it might be some, somebody saw something in the sky and it's, you know, one or two guys and you don't know if, if this guy is like the local Yahoo uh, that, you know, is yeah. like, walks around town muttering to himself or if it, you know, but here these are supposedly people with, you know, within the, with governmental kind of jobs and stuff like that. Um, all attesting to the same thing with the, and then you said like the same description of it with the blue green center rotating the legs and all that stuff. It just, um, I love stories like that because that, it, like, like I'm a, I'm a fan of the wild story that you know crazy stuff happens, but a lot of those you really have to spend your disbelief to believe them. Where this is like, yeah, totally, that yeah. totally could could happen. Good choice. Thank you very much. Good choice. So, do we have anything else? No, I uh, um, no. I think that was I'm, again. I'm just I'm I'm so my mind is blown by Oklahoma. Absolutely. So, but no, I don't have anything else. I'm just I'm I'm gonna go read about Oklahoma. I guess. Yeah, Oklahoma is a fun state. It really is. Like I said, I've been there. I, dated a girl it's it, it's different down there uh one thing that was strange just before i were up but oklahoma I, I, at the time i did drink i don't drink anymore but at the time i did and down there it's kind of part of the bible belt so beer ha- is only 3.2 percent by volume all beer except but you can at liquor stores like we know them you can buy some like you can get Heineken that's like 5% or something, but you have to go to a specific liquor store to get like a 5% beer. Otherwise it's all 3.2% alcohol. Yeah. It's common in the Bible belt because, uh, which just makes people drink more to get drunk. That's all that really does. Cause I remember it was, I was drinking it and was like, we went and picked up like an 18 pack of uh, Bud Light or whatever. And I think after that, like, 12 beers i should be 
like blackout and I, yeah. all I have is like a stomach ache. <laughs> it's oh, like yeah, it's not good. A headache because it's watery beer. So yeah, just a little fun story about Oklahoma. So, but anyways, thanks for watching, guys. Um, make sure to tune in next week where we're like I said, it's not we're not stopping in any state, but we're doing our top ten cryptids that we did not discuss out of these first twenty five states. So make sure. Tune in, and again, thanks for watching, guys. Happy camping. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod. No spaces. Or on Twitter, Scare Your Pants Off Podcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to scareyourpantsoff9 at gmail. See you next time.